and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose. On this show, I talk with women that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the place where they are at. My hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people, or both, whether you're married or single, full nest or empty nest, whatever your particular circumstances, I hope that in listening to these women and their stories, that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. You will be hearing from ordinary people living ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Today, I will be talking with my dear friend, Jenny Hampton. Jenny is a wife to her husband, Andy, mama to three beautiful and talented girls, a world traveling adventurer, and a gracious hostess. Today, we will be talking about her life overseas, her journey of adoption, her so close moments, and her remarkable ability to say yes to whatever God asks of her, no matter how crazy it might seem to her at the time. I can't wait for you to hear her story, so without further ado, here's my interview with my good friend, Jenny Hampton. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm so glad that you have agreed to be here and be on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. This is my good friend, Jenny Hampton. We met teaching school 500 years ago uh-huh yeah uh, pretty much like yes we've known each other forever yes and we became fast friends the night we played a <laughs> fairly questionable <laughs> arguably inappropriate game of ball Balder dash, dash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I knew the minute that I made your husband laugh so hard he cried mm-hmm. which, which you do every time which I do yeah, well but also I laugh that that's that's how I roll. So it really just yeah. felt like, okay, this is going to be a good friendship. Yeah. And, yeah. And here we are. And we've been in like 20 years later yeah, or so. Because we just had our 20th little anniversary <laughs> celebration. Our anniversary, our friendship anniversary. <laughs> That's right? important. Is that a thing? Yeah. We just made it a thing. And we've been in how many countries did we decide together? Five? Oh my goodness. We yeah. went to Croatia and Greece, Turkey, Turkey Italy. Italy. America. We can count America. Mm-hmm. We've traveled the world together. I know. We could write a book. Right, because you've been so adventurous, which we'll hear about later. You've said yeah. yes to so many big adventures, <laughs> and then we just can't live without you, so I we know. follow you around the world. And oh, we that's have good so stories. Yeah. yeah. And you are, um, as we just said, a wife to a fantastic husband. You have mm. three beautiful children. Do you want to tell us a little bit about them? Okay, so... Um, Lots of girls in our family. My poor husband, bless his heart. Um, he is very outnumbered. He's outnumbered, and he is a manly <laughs> man. And I don't know how he manages all the pink and glitter. And um, there's a tears. lot of pink and glitter, <laughs> and I don't see the tears, but I'm imagining with three right, yeah, four women, yeah. yeah. So um, we, Mia, will be our youngest. Um, is going to be eleven tomorrow. And, That's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Maggie is 13 and Hannah's 15. Oh and they're, my goodness. they're, um, yeah, I can't believe how fast they're growing up. They're great they're girls. They're the sweetest girls. I love your girls. Well, they behave well when I'm, when we're out in public. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> no, great girls. They could not be more different from each other. Yeah. Or different from me. Um, they are each have their own little personality, but they're good girls and yeah. yeah. And you homeschool them because they're all gymnasts, right? Yes, and so competitive gymnasts. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, so competitive gymnasts. Is- We're in that life. It's crazy. I never thought we would be 
um, living this life, yeah. but it's a good life. It's crazy. It takes us all over the country. And, um, yeah. But yeah, I homeschool um, because I would never see them if they went to school right. all day and then gym all night. We would never see them. Plus, they miss a lot of school during competition season, just traveling. So that's how we roll right now. Yeah, it's been, that's awesome. I think this is year five of homeschooling. Right. Um, so, yeah. That's amazing. We always start this podcast, though, with a lighthearted, so close <laughs> moment. Those those moments where you are so on track to something awesome, and then it just goes spectacularly wrong. So wrong. I want to hear right out of the gates. I want to hear your so close. Oh, Julie. Okay. I have so many. I probably could pick from about ten just this morning, which and is it's why only we're like such ten a.m. Right, which is why we're <laughs> such good friends because I, I have. I, I think you're one of the people that has one of the only people I know that has as many or more so of close these. moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Congratulations! This Thank is really you. a good. It's quality. an honor. It's an honor to <laughs> fail miserably <laughs> so many times. Um, okay, so I do have so many, but this one <clears throat> was like. A whopper of so close moments <laughs> in so many ways. So we, um, our family has lived overseas a, a couple of times and our most recent one, we lived in Singapore and I had the three, you know, three girls at the time, they were five, seven, 10. And we had been there for goodness, like a week. And Andy, it was his first day back to work and I was going to just kill it as a mom in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. I had my international driver's license. I had learned how to sort of drive on the opposite <laughs> side of the road and I had my kids buckled amazing. in. Right. Yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole so close series. Really. Uh-huh. Right. International. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to take the girls to the zoo. Singapore has one of the, you know, you hear about their zoo and they've got animals from all over the world and the, it's a tropical Island. So you've got, you've got, the right environment to have all kinds of animals that we don't have here. So I'm like, girls, we are going to the zoo, pack them up, pack our lunches. And where we were living, so I I punched in, you know, into the GPS, the Singapore Zoo, and we're driving and driving. And I suddenly I'm looking at signs and they're not like friendly, colorful, welcome to the zoo signs. They're starting to sound very like official, like, (laughs) like don't, do this don't go this way and or you know um security cameras and and things like that so I'm like this is really this is a very secure zoo I guess yeah right oh gosh so we're driving and driving and important animals (laughs) very important top secret animals that we are about to see so I suddenly find myself driving, thinking we're getting, I mean, I'm watching the GPS and we're getting closer to the zoo. And right about the time I tell the girls, I'm looking around and suddenly all the cars are kind of, they're being funneled into rows. And there's what I thought was maybe a toll booth. Right. Suddenly I told the girls, you know what? I don't think we're on the right road to the (laughs) zoo. And I pull up and there's (laughs) like a soldier with his rifle, opens the the window of what I thought was a toll booth and um, asks for our passports. Passport, oh please. Oh, my gosh. And he is not Singaporean. <laughs> He's Malaysian. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and we don't take – so we, we you don't take your passports everywhere with you when you live in Singapore. We had lived 
in Italy and you do take your passports everywhere, but not right. in Singapore. So I had nothing. Plus I oh have my, my youngest child who <laughs> could be Malaysian. Right. I mean, exactly. she looks, she's Asian. She's from China, but she looks, she can, she looks, you know, she could pass for a Malaysian child. Anyway, right. we had actually crossed the Malaysian border. With no passports. No passports. And no a child documents, that looks like yours. And stealing. I'm now trafficking kids over their <laughs> right. border. <laughs> who I can't prove are mine. <laughs> right, exactly. You have nothing. Oh, right, no. right. So he, it, it became very official, and they were talking, and I'm like looking through my purse. I have nothing to show them except yeah. for my Idaho driver's license, which oh no one cares gosh. about. And I remember them saying, you know, I don't know what they were saying, but I remember just kind of sticking my head out and like trying to motion with my finger. Can I just flip a U-turn? I just. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the zoo. <laughs> did you actually say that? Yes, I did. I just, I just need to go to the zoo. Oh, no. Well, what had happened is where we were living on the island, the Malaysian zoo was actually closer to our So that's place. what your GPS showed Yes, you. it took us to the closest oh, zoo, which was actually in another, another country. So and we didn't spent... happen to see on your little GPS. No. Malaysia. No. Yeah. <laughs> No, because that wasn't oh, no. important to me at the time. Uh-huh, I just right. wanted just to get zoo. my kids yeah. to the zoo, mm-hmm. and it was closer. Oh, so no. we spent the better part of a day being interrogated in the immigration's office, but then oh, it gets even gosh. worse. So I'm so nervous thinking we've actually, in Singapore, as you know, they still have firing squads, I think. like. Oh, my gosh, no. They do. If you try it, for example, if you, I think they do. I <laughs> Okay, so for example, we would see a sign maybe at a, well, not even a police station, we were at a park one time, and instead of a sign saying, keep out, they literally have pictures of soldiers with machine guns pointed saying, keep out, like, we'll shoot you down if you cross this chain link fence into our, I don't know. Oh, that's hilarious. room. (laughs) So how did you finally sweet talk your way back into the country? And does your husband know this is happening at the time? he does. You're calling him? So, well, trying to, but he ironically is at the... U.S. Embassy, and they take your phones away when you're there. Oh, so okay. he was doing something for work there. Oh, no. So um, they said, you uh, go park, drive forward, and park on the left. <laughs> I, I remember this very clearly. Park on the left, <laughs> and you'll be escorted, escorted in. And so I start driving. And, and then you're stressed. Because like, there's no parking lot oh on the left. The parking gosh. lot's on the right. And I'm driving thinking, I should probably go to the left or right because that's where the parking lot is, yeah. but he said left. And so I chose... And the machine guns, I you know, chose, threat is looming in your mind right, at that point. Right. Get so, to left or right, right, or it's the fire. Right, so I chose you. to follow the rules and continue driving on down <laughs> the Malaysia road, <laughs> <laughs> looking for the parking lot. And sure enough, there's like three soldiers with their guns trudging oh after me in, in formation after my car, telling me to go. And I'm like, there's no parking lot. Anyway, so oh we made it into... The immigration's office, and I remember Maggie at the time was in third grade, I guess. Uh-huh. I remember her looking up at me saying, Mommy, are we are we going to jail today? And I was like, oh, honey, no. But in my heart, I thought, actually, maybe, yes. We might. Oh, for us. We might. So we sat there for a while. I tried to explain to them, me as adopted, they're all my children. I cannot prove it to you except... I am super honest that you should believe me. Exactly. Oh, my god. <laughs> but gosh. then eventually Micron somehow bailed us out because I couldn't get a hold of Andy. He didn't have his phone. Um, and someone talked to someone, and we finally were released. That's and the we best. actually made it to the zoo. 
You, yep. And you still went to the we zoo. We still went I to, the, to the zoo. But probably bailed at that point. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, and I that. love your international <laughs> stories. And I feel like maybe we need to have a second podcast that just is like international version because right. I feel like you had quite a few of needing people to bail you out in all uh-huh. your overseas adventures. Yeah. And, I don't okay, know why that happens. Since you're here and since you are my friend that has as many as of these as I do, I really feel like we also need to hear about your sonic drive-in experience. <gasps> oh my gracious, really? Mm-hmm. Is I really actually do because that's my favorite one, oh I think. It's a standout for me. <clears throat> okay. Oh, I have so many sonic. My I just have my own sonic ministry, I think, because <laughs> the kid, I, I go and get my medium, Dr. Pepper with Extra Ice, every afternoon during happy hour mm-hmm. from 2 to 4. And I meet the greatest kids, and they just tell me about their work schedules and their lives, and we know each other by name. And this one day, this, of course, you know, 17-year-old boy, uh-huh. I hope we're talking about the right story. Yes. Are you oh, going to yes. be very shocked? <laughs> no, I love this story so much. Yes. Oh, I was in a hurry, and he comes out. You know, at Sonic, they roller skate, so yeah. they kind of zip over, and he comes up to my window, and they've got their little tray by the window. <laughs> And he hands me my pop, and I was in, I, I think he startled me or something, and I, I didn't have my money ready. And so I pulled out my purse, and I yanked out my wallet, and a tampon flew out of my wallet and landed on his tray. As in, here, sir, I don't have money, but take my tampon. I love that yeah. so much. This poor, yeah. unsuspecting I, Sonic boy yeah. has a lady pulling a tampon. <laughs> And what do you do? I just kind of went, oh, I'll take that. And I oh grabbed it right gosh. off his, oh, it was so embarrassing right. because they all know yeah. me. And okay. so I'm certain. That and there's was, no recovery from that. Nine. It's not like you can pretend it's something no. else. It's, you own it. Mm-hmm. You own it. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need that back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. And I just, I love imagining how many people he went home and told about his day of work with. Right. Yeah. You know, that probably doesn't happen every day. It doesn't. It's really, it is really embarrassing because. Well, who gets hit with a tampon (laughs) on a regular basis? Right. (laughs) No, I will drive up and oftentimes they'll, I don't even have to order and my pop will be, you know. Well, now they're probably ready just to prevent any of these things from happening. Right. We'll just make sure we've got what she needs. Or don't come out fast and make me pay with my debit card (laughs) in the machine. Right. (laughs) You don't want this lady to actually pay with cash. Oh, that's that's the best. Okay. Well, that, this, really, we could have just, maybe we should do that sometime. Have just a you and me so close. Like a battle. Like extended version. A battle. A battle. So oh, yeah. Battle. I feel like just you being overseas automatically puts you as the winner, but it could be fun trying. I could compete pretty good for a while. Yes, have... you could. <laughs> yeah. We could rate them. We could score them. Uh-huh. Because yeah. it's worse and oh, most that's embarrassing. so fun. Okay. Yeah. Anybody listening could vote afterwards who yeah. won the so close it's battle. It's funny how comfortable you and I are being embarrassed. It's kind of well, sad. Well, it, it's sad <laughs> when, you, when that's an everyday thing. <laughs> You sort of got to learn to just accept uh, that that is the way it's going to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, hmm. and we make everyone feel better. About themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I actually just yesterday took a picture of the inside of my pantry just because I knew it would make another mom feel better. Oh, I that's said, the best. Yeah. And I think you've done that for me a time or two. Well, I had yeah, to just, just boost their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. You well, know, I'm I a was... giver that way. <laughs> right. I'll let my house get a... <laughs> 
become a wreck <laughs> so I can make you I feel better. I almost left the whole pile of cobwebs that were on the bottom of these papers when I printed them off because mm-hmm. they fell off my printer onto my floor. Good. And so... <laughs> Good. So, you know, that's how clean my floor was, that when I picked them up, I had to literally scrape off yes. all the dust and cobwebs. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, winning at house cleaning. Winning at housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And thank you because I have asthma. It probably would have made me sick. Oh, right. all the dust. It wouldn't have been worth how funny so, it might have been. Yeah. But it would have made you feel better. Yeah. Because I doubt that would happen anywhere in your home, actually. So. Well, it might. Um, all right. So let's talk about your story because it's... Um, I just love the twists and turns of your life, but let's start with just your present life and how you have exactly 500,000 people in your house all the time, any given moment. There's, you never know who's going to be coming and going, Mm -hmm. which is amazing to me. And you're one of the best hostesses I know. So how, how do you... How do you make, what are your, what's your secret to being just a gracious hostess when you have a constant Mm. flow of people in and out? So I drink. Okay. (laughs) Secret (laughs) wine. (laughs) Okay. But you also have people that come through at 10 a.m. So there must be other tricks because I know, you know. Oh, I do not know how our house, how we just landed in this place. I think that. God has been, I think he has a great big sense of humor with our life and where he's taken us and where he wants us to serve. And right now, um, Andy and I just really feel like he, our, our um, mission field is right here in our neighborhood with kids in and out. And I don't know, I, I love that. I love building relationships with the girls' friends and um but as far as managing kids in the house all the time, I have a lot of chipped dishes okay, that I need right. to just be okay with. My yeah. house is, it's this vicious cycle. I know I'm not the only mom who feels like this. I really desire and crave um, containers and organization and everything goes in its place. But my it's, it's never like that. You cannot have... I've just had to let that go, I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. Our, it's it's chaos in our house a lot of the time, but um, I like it. Yeah. I like it. And when you always uh, yeah. have snacks and you always have... We have, a, we have a little snack bar and we have um, all the funny things. Somebody was laughing the other day. So we have... Um, we just have a stash of certain things. Like we always have a stash of, of brand new toothbrushes because oh, kids will end up staying the night. We right. always oddly have a stash of brand new pairs of underwear because a lot of them are gymnasts okay. and they come home from practice and they want to change into something more comfortable. You know, wear underwear. This show is taking a turn. I'm sorry. But yeah, you want underwear right. to wear. You don't want to wear your Leo all night. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know. My mom was like that too. That's yeah. how I grew up. Our door was, you know, revolving door of people and well you're amazing um, at it that's awesome and and I do think just that just shows how your thoughtfulness that you pre-plan to have (laughs) things just there and ready for people I love that so much um your life has taken phenomenal twists and turns you have Hmm. from adoption to living overseas to homeschooling to um managing a life of three gymnasts um how how have you remained so open to just whatever God has for you? You just sort of 
go with that? How, how are you mm. able to stay so open-handed, I guess, with, I mean, because you're a planner and you like to know all the steps right. and all the things and your life has been anything but a straight arrow. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's gone all around and up and down. Yes. How right. have you, how do you, how do you work that out when you're feeling like you want things to have a plan and you want to know the steps A through Z, but then mm-hmm. there's all these curveballs and. I don't know. Um, that's a good question because naturally I'm very controlling. I like to have my day planned out. I make lists and, um, God does not always follow my day timer, (laughs) which is frustrating. Um, um, I don't know. God will, I, I am reminded often in little things, and big things that he's got my back no matter where we end up or where we go. I never thought we would leave. I mean, I was born and raised here. I never wanted to leave. I love Idaho. Um, never thought he would take us, you know, literally to the other side of the world to live and to grow our family. Um, so what did that look like for you if you are admittedly a planner, you like to know what's coming, when your husband came home and presented this idea to you and to the family, was that like an immediate yes or did, what did that look like for you? Okay. That's a good question because God is, I think he has a great sense of humor and I believe he prepared me a little bit earlier in the day. Um, Hannah and I were out walking around the neighborhood. She was four or five at the time. And there was new construction in our neighborhood, and we were exploring. We would call it exploring, and we'd go look at the new houses. And we were walking down the street. I remember I was holding her hand, and she looked up at me, and she said, Mom, do you think we'll go explore on the other side of the world someday? And I thought, oh, "Oh, she's she's talking about going to China, and we're going to, you know, we're going to have an adventure there bringing her baby sister home. And that night, Andy came home with this unbelievable proposal to our family that we pack up and move to Italy. And that had been a dream of his um, career-wise. He had wanted to do something like that his entire career, but we have roots in Idaho and we have people and friends and um, family. I, I never wanted to leave, but I feel like God worked through that little girl right to me to just soften my heart enough to be open to the idea. And then God just kind of went with that. And over the next several weeks, we went from this life of very comfortable and safe to new job, new country, new child. (laughs) And let's just throw in learning Italian in, you know, six weeks or whatever. Why not? Right. Oh my goodness. Um, And learning to drive in a whole country. Well, Italy... You you do drive on the on the right side of the road, mm-hmm. um, but that's a whole different system as well because there really right. are no driving laws. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's all a, for it's all a suggestion, all yeah. the speed limits. But anyway, it was just I really felt like God spoke to me through Hannah that this wow. is what you need to do, and so I surrendered it and we prayed and prayed and uh, we just moved forward. And it those years were the hardest on our marriage and our family, but they were the best on our marriage and our family. Um, just to completely, you know, I thought Italy, I think Rome and I think modern and, um, fancy. Oh no. Right. We, we were living in the countryside. Not a single person spoke English. We had sheep 
you we do we do need to have, have an, another an international another, yeah yeah the sheep running yeah. down our front yard every day oh gypsies goodness. robbery the worst right. like right. no no hot water for a very long time when we got there it was like it was um yeah it was quite an experience but that's so amazing best. that God can speak to us even just through our sweet innocent children right that yeah. And probably would have gotten through to you better through her than any other way at right. that point. Because Yeah. Oh, oh I remember goodness. many conversations. We have roots here. Yeah. We can't leave. Yeah. And yeah. And then she opens that door that uh, yeah. into your thinking. Oh my, my goodness, crazy. that's amazing. Um, yeah. Okay, I feel like you are so good at being able to just be open-handed with God about your life. And I am trying to be like that. I want to be like you in that way. And maybe other people listening are like me where it's like, oh man, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm ready to just hand everything over and let God just have all the things in all the direction. Do you have any advice Mm -hmm. for how do you hand God? It's easy to say, oh, I give God control of my life, but then to actually let him move you overseas For me, that's hard. Do you have advice on how to be willing and ready for whatever God has? Well, that is a struggle. I don't know. Um, For us, we do a lot of, uh, well, in this particular situation, um, I still am working so hard on just having an open dialogue with Jesus all the time in the big things and the little things. And for me, um, if he's part of that, day-to-day decision-making struggle, whatever it is, when the big things come up, it's easier to recognize his voice because we've already worked on that relationship. And so, yeah, we, we did a lot of praying. We did a lot of, Lord, we're going to move forward, shut the door if this is not what you have for our life. And, um, I don't know, it just seemed like every step of the way, um, in that process anyway, it was a green light go and we were blessed because of it and learned a lot. And I love, uh, I love what you just said, learning to listen to God's voice in the little things. Um, because if you know him, then you'll know him when the big things, you'll recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I can, I am a master at taking my desires and, um, letting myself think it's actually God's desire, but he's been very good at showing me what I want and what he wants is 99% of the time different. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and so just kind of working through that and, um, well, yeah. and then when you see his hand, when you do say yes and you see him and his hand through that, it probably gives you confidence then that he's trustworthy with right. that. And right. I tell my kids all the time, I, you know, God has our back. He yeah. has our back. In the big things and the little things, right? So that's so great, and I think he's good about showing you that he's he's been faithful. Keep going, keep plugging through. I yeah. got this. I got this, and it's yeah. scary. It is. It's scary. Well, and so tell us then about one of your biggest moments of God speaking to you um, mm-hmm. was when you were con- when you hadn't even been considering adoption. Then all of a sudden, he sort of just landed that in your lap. Tell right. us about how he spoke to you. Okay, so we, um, I got a, I got a backtrack, I guess a decade, 10 years ago. It's me as 10, 11 tomorrow, actually. I know. Um, we had this, you know, I, I think, I know God does not want us to get too comfortable in our life here. You know, this is not our home. He's got a, a different place for us. And, um, our family, yeah, we've lived here our whole life. Our, we've 
got extended family here. We've got a great network of friends and support. And I just remember, um, I remember working on our Christmas cards, oddly enough, and just, you know, we had two girls and Andy and I, and everything just looked, everything just seemed so good. And um, I just feel like, I don't know, God, I think God saw that and he just planted a seed to ultimately grow our family through adoption in China. And that was, that was quite a process because we were not on the same page. I knew, I knew without a doubt that he was telling me to go to China and bring this little girl home. So he spoke, so God was leading you to that first. Leading me. He had laid that on my heart. And literally, Julie, it's the one time in my whole life I do remember praying about it. And I, I could hear God just saying, go, go. Like I just knew it. And it was really tricky. It was a struggle. It was the first time in our marriage that Andy and I, um, we didn't see eye to eye on that. Right. And so we had to really work through that. And God just changed Andy's heart because that's, just, that's at that time, we didn't know a single person who had adopted from China. It wow. was just so such a foreign idea. But anyway, God, God kind of brought us onto the same page and we haven't looked back and it's been amazing. And we um, have this sassy pants little girl who <laughs> adds amazing. all kinds of... <laughs> color <laughs> to our family and right um yeah so yeah that really um wasn't that the night that Andy had to kind of like okay I'll be back in just a few mm-hmm. minutes yeah and came <laughs> back he, had, he took a little trip to the liquor store <laughs> right right came back and poured himself a drink and we um we started talking to God very very intimately about what he was going to do with our family right and that um, was that's so <clears throat> That's so great that you were able to, I mean, when this was like so crystal clear in your mind, what your path was, but then probably a really important thing to be unified on between you and your husband, (laughs) just, just a little, yeah, yeah, (laughs) probably need him, you know, kind of on board with this. So that must've been hard to wait for God to work on his heart as well. Yeah. I honestly, for a while, I knew, I mean, I could tell you time and time again, scripture he would bring to mind, the things that would happen. I just knew there yeah. were, without a doubt, I knew this is the direction we would go. Right. Um, but for a while I thought, well, maybe we'll be, you know, I had heard of families who raised their biological children. And then when they were grown and out of the house, then they went back and adopt, you yeah. know, and I thought, well, maybe that'll be us because I don't see this changing anytime soon and that's okay um but it did and my husband is probably one of the most stubborn people that I know so for him to have such a change of heart and for God to just soften him in that way is yeah that's such an encouragement for any of us who may be on a because it happens in marriage you guys are such good friends but you can disagree and you can be on another side of an issue and to just trust that that the work God started in you, he was also going to be faithful to start in mm-hmm. Andy and not feeling like you had to muscle your way through that, right. you know, you which could've... is what I like to do. I like to <laughs> muscle my way through all the things and organize it and plan it and work it out and just, and that know, could have caused a... resentment. And instead you took yeah. a deep breath and let God do the, his work and then yep. way yeah. better for him to work through that than for it to have felt like pressure from you or something. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a season of waiting for sure, but, um, how exciting. Yeah. And then now you have sweet Mia. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Um, talented gymnast. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously 
adoption is a huge part part of your story, but it's also a huge topic to try to tackle in a little compressed one hour mm-hmm. chat here. Mm-hmm. Is is there anything that you would like people listening to know about either your personal adoption story or about adoption in general if they're considering that or Okay. Um well, I think for me we when we first saw so with China anyway, you you uh do all of your paperwork, you do all of the legal work, you send everything to China, and then you don't hear anything for, in our case, it was over two years. And then one day... Oh, I forgot it was that long. Yeah. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. It it was a very fluid program when we entered into it, and about 10 years ago is when everything started to slow down. And sadly, it's, I mean, it's years to get kids out of there now, but... So um, you had already been overseas then at that point. Right. So we started the process stateside. And um, you send all your, all of your things in. Then we were asked to move to Italy. So we actually brought her home while we were living in Italy. So right. it was wow. like a world. I mean, that kid had traveled the world more yeah. than most people in their lifetime before she was a year old. But um, for me, uh, so you, you just get a little picture in the mail yeah. the size of a stamp. And they, you know, China just, their process is they they choose the, the child and um, let, let you know and you come pick her up and take her home. That's it in a nutshell. But for me, I was so in love with this little girl before I had ever even met her. And I think I went into it with a very idealistic, you know, I had read everything about um, attachment disorders and all the things that Mm -hmm. adoptive parents read into. And I just really thought that's like an apply to us because I'm going to love this girl so much that she, you know, well, the reality is it's tricky when you bring kids um, into your family who we don't know the first year of her life right you know um and there are questions every year every few months it's a new phase of questions and they're hard questions that we're still trying to navigate through concerning her birth mom and her story that we don't you know very little about so that's um I I just would caution parents or encourage them to go in with your eyes wide open and um, be ready it, mm-hmm. because we, we, we have always told her your identity is in Christ. It's not that you're adopted. It's not right. that you're Chinese. It's not that you're a gymnast. It's in Christ. However, um, those are, those are true, um, very significant questions she has about her past that I, as a mom, I don't know how to answer. Um, and I'm constantly seeking out help on how to help her through that. And every adopted kid has their own story. Um, and a lot of it is there's an element of grief to it because right. they they are no longer with their biological family and that right. in itself is sad. So there's that. Um, and then, I don't know, encouragement. That's, that's the one thing I think that I probably didn't address as much as I should have because I thought we're just going to you know you're not it, it's not always the people are always saying oh she's so lucky she's no we are the lucky ones mm. we were so blessed by her and she is she, yeah she's a feisty little one with good reason she's you know, I'm glad you said I'm glad you brought that up that people will say something to you like that um because I feel like even having raised children that have visual impairments, Mm -hmm. I could be just trying to buy my rice and beans at the store and some (laughs) random stranger will come up to me and say something so, I hope, (laughs) well-intended. Right. But, oh, talk about so close. No, no. I actually 
don't need you to say that to me right, right. now. That's Thank actually you, rude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and can Boundary. I just buy my rice and go home, please? And right. Are, are there, right. Um, for us, for me, who has not adopted, what are some things that, that we may accidentally say that are, that are oh, insensitive okay. or how, how could you, you know, what, what are some of the comments that maybe we should know about to avoid? Well, um, okay, I'll give you an example, but really I think you're right. I, I think everything in general that people say to me or to my face or to me as face is well-intended, but it's right. just if you don't know. For example, the, the one that I hear often is, so if you know the three of us are out, and actually it happened mostly when they were little. I don't hear it a lot anymore, but, um, oh, so uh, you're... You're, you know, Hannah and Maggie are fair-skinned. Oh, right. <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. just, Mia, is, she just, it's so obvious that she's yeah. adopted. Oh, so is she adopted? Yeah. Um, and then they, they'll look over at Hannah and Maggie. So, um, or either, so are, what do they say? Do you have any of your own? That's what it is. <laughs> oh, do you have any of your own? Well. Oh, no. Actually, they're all mine. Right. <laughs> they're oh, all my own. They're mine. Dear. Um. So it's just a matter of. Well, I have two biological children, oh and Mia's, you know, and they're all mine. Right. But, you know, people just, that's one thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, when we brought her home, like, like I told you, we were living in this remote little village in Italy, and a lot of the people in our village had never even seen a Chinese baby. They would literally, I'd be in the market, they would literally come up to her and touch her eyes oh and say, Japonese. <laughs> I assume she was Japanese, <laughs> like just touching her. So culturally, oh, that right. same kind of thing, yeah. that would be so rude yeah. in America. Um, but there, they just didn't know. I don't know. You had to have been such a novelty over there because here oh, you are my. with even just the fact that you had three children because right. it wasn't common over there to have even lots three, of, right? Lots of kids. One was kind of the norm, if uh-huh. that. Yeah. And and just the idea of international adoption is not, you would think here in America, I mean, it's very common, but around the world in a lot of places, it's very, it's a very bizarre yeah. concept for people to grasp. But Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. People will ask, how much did she cost? And so oh. Like, oh, people aren't for sale, but <laughs> you know, there's a price tag oh, on no. everything, the, the flight, the right. legal fees, you know, so you just have to kind of correct without really yeah. going, did you really just say that? So know. for all of us, yeah. it would behoove us to just go maybe read some things about yeah. do's and don'ts. As, um, as all of us can. Yeah. I'm sure I have offended right. many people with things that I don't know that I'm right. not an expert in. So yeah. Um, well, I think that's amazing. And <laughs> me is amazing. All three of your girls are amazing. Okay. So two things are coming to my mind as you're telling this story. Um, I think one of the things I'm learning as I do these podcasts is even though we can't always explain, we always want to know why difficult things happen. And, and yet while we don't always get those Mm -hmm. answers, we can see God's hand in the situation. And, um, for you, when you were living in Italy, we didn't talk about this, but right out of the gates, you were robbed, fully robbed, drugged in the middle of the night by gypsies, very traumatic, they take mm-hmm. a ton of your stuff, and yet somehow you had separated your computer and Mia's all of her paperwork, right. all of the adoption right. work that you had done was separate so that that was still left with you and not stolen with the laptop bag. Right. And that's just incredible to me that God knew that she was 
intended for your family and he chose you for her and protected even that, even when you're in the midst of a crisis. Right. Yeah. Everything. Cause you um, could have lost all of those hours and how would you have even recovered know. that? Well, I overseas? don't, we wouldn't have her. I think, I mean, logistically we would, we would have had to start, we would have a different child because she would have, you know, they, right. I, I, I cannot believe that happened. Yeah. God completely protected her and our family in that passports, cameras, laptops, our car, <laughs> everything was stolen that night. Except her papers. I had taken my laptop out of my laptop bag, and our whole dossier was inside the laptop bag. And I always pack it all the way, but I didn't. Laptop was on the desk. So they came through. They took that, and her paperwork was, praise the Lord, still there. Because I don't even, there. yeah, there's no way I could have gathered all that information again. I mean, we would have had to go home. We would have had to... That's just um, amazing. It would have been a huge delay. In, right. And in that, I believe we probably would have been put in another, with another group of kids. Right. So, yeah. So yes. I don't always understand that. Why did he allow you to be, he could have easily just prevented that whole robbery right. altogether. Yeah. And yet, even though he allowed that, he protected her yeah. and protected you. And right. I just love that. The other thing I thought of is just, um, we'll talk about the fact that your kids are a gym, are gymnasts, but just that she, when you first got her, she, you don't mm-hmm. know what had, what kind of care she had had. And she right. had such little strength and could hardly hold up her head at nine months old, mm-hmm. eight, mm-hmm. eight, eight or nine months old. Yeah. And you were doing all this little baby physical therapy and <laughs> right. getting her strong. And then right. now she's this gymnast who is so strong and so gifted. Right. Yeah. When we got her, um, she could not even hold up her head. She was so malnourished and underweight and just physically not, she had no strength. Yeah. And even, I mean, I remember phone calls back to, we were in China at the time, back to America talking with my, our pediatrician and what to do. And I was trying to do little, yeah, we have a funny video of little baby physical therapy yeah. in the hotel yeah. room trying to get her strength up and now probably one of the strongest kids I know that's she's amazing um so yeah I just love that yeah that's, yeah, that's just it. God's hand on her and yeah that's so great so since really the primary point of this podcast is just to encourage women to live out their purpose exactly where they're at um I really feel like your ability to on the spot obey has really been a huge component to you living out your purpose because it's really allowed you to respond in some pretty crazy and unique ways. Um, right. like I'm, I'm thinking about a certain drug doll incident. <laughs> it's probably not oh, exactly the right the word for it, but dolls. that's how we affectionately referred to that whole experience. But tell us a little bit about right. that moment where you're just, you know, driving around, running errands, driving down the road, minding my own business. Yeah. Um, right. So driving down the road and suddenly I, this, I got to think through the details. This woman runs across the street, puts her hand on my van to like stop me. And a man is running after her and then they kind of run down the street. Okay. Wait. So you're driving woman's running away, being pursued by a mm -hmm, man mm -hmm. trying to get your attention. You're going to be. Not get my attention, just stop my car so I don't hit her. Oh, like she's so running she in front keep of me. Running. Yes, she kind oh, of good slipped. Yeah, like in a like, movie. Like I was just gonna say, it was like in a movie. Oh my heavens! Yeah. So I flipped a U-turn and then I look her, and she's barefoot, 
walking down the street. And at this point, he's not chasing. He, he's walking after her, but she's not running anymore. So I flip a U-turn. I just roll down my window and say, Do you, may, may I help you? Yeah. Not expecting. I was going to give her my phone <laughs> or oh, something okay, to let her make right, a phone yeah. call. And she said, well, actually, I could use a ride. And so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Normally, I would Do you not, have kids with you? I do have my oldest with me. Oh, my goodness. I know, right? So um, I just let her in the car, and she said she needed a ride to this storage unit down the street. Oh, So that's what she needs. She's being chased by a man, but yes. what she needs is to go to the storage unit, not the police. No. Okay. She needs to be dropped off at the storage unit. So, um, and my teenager is in the car, uh-huh. and it's in the middle of the day. And I thought, okay, this woman needs her help. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna love her right through this. So, super long story short, basically, we helped this woman, um, who her that was her husband who was chasing her. They were in a fight about something, and uh, back and forth to that storage unit a few times that day. The first time. Um, we, we dropped her off and we, Hannah and I prayed for her and this woman of, I mean, 50, uh, very rough looking gal had been through quite a lot. I mm. had, I learned soon after in her life, um, sobbed in my van, oh. said she had never had anyone pray for her in her whole life. And so we prayed and just kind of sent her on her, on her way. And then at some point she had asked me to come back to help her, <laughs> do something, get, get, get some things out of her storage because she was going to move. And anyway, so take, get, you know, take Hannah where she needs to be, come back. And when all is said and done, I helped her through a few things and she wanted to repay me with all of these porcelain dolls. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Cause she knew she'd asked, you know, how old my kids were and, and I didn't want to be rude, but I don't have room for a like 20 porcelain dolls. Oh, my Aside gosh. from the fact that's kind of creepy, really, the porcelain <laughs> doll thing anyway. But I didn't, I didn't want to be ungrateful. So I'm loading my van with... Of course, because you didn't say no. Right. And all I could, I could picture my husband's face. I the expression. that, right? Really, you're trying to explain how you ended up with a van no full of dolls. I have life-size dolls in my van. Oh, that's and right, because okay. they're huge. They're not some just... Some are huge. Some are the normal kind that sit, oh but some are giant. Gosh. And they... Um, and come to find out they're very expensive because we looked them up online. They had oh like papers. I don't have any dolls in my life that have papers. Right. So, um, so this really was the sweetest gesture. It was a very, um, of her very sweet gesture. Yeah. Because you can sell these online. Yeah. Which we didn't, we gave them away, but I'm not going to lie and say my (laughs) husband didn't want to sell them because he did, but nothing felt right about that. Anyway. So I'm loading up these dolls. Just Something good needs to come <laughs> my way from this. <laughs> right. All the messes I get our family into let oh, me have some benefit. So funny. So I'm loading up these stinking dolls thinking, how am I going to explain this to my husband? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm talking to this woman and just um, at one point I was like, well, may I pay you for these dolls? Thinking I, I hope at the time I didn't know how expensive they were, but there's so many of them. Oh, my god! I don't really want to pay for the dolls, but. That's hilarious just that you even them. offered yeah. to pay. So I'm, she's like, <laughs> oh, no, these dolls are so expensive. I could never have afford, or I, I could never afford these. Um, I think I must have said something like, well, you must have paid so much. Yeah. Let me repay you. And she's like, oh, I could never afford these dolls. I could <laughs> off a bad drug deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no. I lived 
the next few months thinking all these dolls are filled with like oh, cocaine knows, right. or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. so we don't all get arrested. You never did find any actual evidence of drugs. No. So let's just be clear. No. I think you what happened. You are a law-abiding citizen. And, and I don't do drugs. <laughs> ever. Okay. You didn't get to see that she just leaned in real close. <laughs> Make sure everyone got that. My rule-following friend does not do drugs. <laughs> or approve of them, or sell them, or carry them around. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no. But I have seen movies. You know in Lost? They no, had drugs in porcelain. Dolls. They did. Yes, that's why I call them. Yes, that was the whole oh the whole fear I had that I had been. And then I I couldn't unload them in my house for a while, so I literally drove around town for days with boxes of dolls. For <laughs> all I knew, were filled with drugs of who knows what kind. So there you I go. love everything about that story. There you go. Well, I, I was love trying to your 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 point was. You, you, being obedient, I really felt like, I mean, I would never normally do that, but yeah. I really felt like God was saying, I've got your back. Right. And, you know, and we, you and I have talked about this many times. I feel like God takes us to a lot of weird places. Yeah. And I feel like if he takes us um, to a place where we can share Jesus, he's going to protect us through that. Right. In whatever way that looks like. And well, it really um, is remarkable that you let her in your car because you're a very, very giving right. person. You'll give the shirt off your back, but not so much maybe invite somebody into your car with your girl in the car right. that mm-hmm. she could have maybe, you know, I know. Done so. I wanna, so that's really awesome. I want to delete you. this segment. It's making me look like a bad mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's great. I love, no, it was, I did, my mom radar did, but I thought, okay, it's daylight. But you knew that you were supposed to do it and therefore God was going to really take care like of you. It. And yeah. you know, um, I, really 50 years old and you've never had someone pray over you like right. that's a big deal in itself and maybe that. who knows I mean I don't keep contact with her um because I wasn't willing to give her my info. right yeah yeah <laughs> but who knows you know God you you God plants his seeds yeah. and we plant seeds and somewhere along the line I don't know. I just love that you entered in. You could have easily just driven off and you actually entered in and stopped and I wanted and said, to. help. Yeah. I'm not a lover of scary things. Yeah. I really wanted to, but for yeah. whatever reason, I, I know God wanted us to just be there at that point and That's so great. And have extra dolls in our house forever. But you're so inspiring because some of your very mm. best stories and your best adventures have come from just saying... Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. God. And from everything huge, from <laughs> adoption to inner overseas living for two times, you went to both Italy and Singapore. Yeah. And then even in the little things of, I'm going to ask this woman that I don't know if I can help her. Right. And then most recently, you have another one of those that has turned into the coolest thing that's happening right in your home mm-hmm. at this very Right. Minute, Sunday nights. Sunday night. Tell us a little bit. Study. Uh, yeah. Tell us about what goes on in your home every Sunday. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. So, um, yeah, God has brought us to all kinds of ministry opportunities that, that look a little bit different than the norm. So currently all three of our girls are gymnasts. Um, they, they work out a lot of hours and, uh, because of that, I mean, they're at the gym till seven every night. For years, we have struggled. It's hard to get them involved in youth group. Right. They're traveling on the weekends for competitions, so they miss, you know, those opportunities. Um, Wednesday nights are out because mm-hmm. they're at the gym, and we were just we saw a gap in in those relationships with other Christian kids. So I a couple years ago, I guess, a year ago, um, I just threw the idea out to parents of our at um, on our team mm-hmm. if. 
um, is anyone struggling like we are trying to get our kids in, involved with other Christian kids and um, thinking maybe we would be able to start a small group, maybe five or six girls, you know, I thought, well, we'll meet at Starbucks and yeah. have coffee and talk about Jesus. Well, um, we have 30 kids now that oh come, to our, <laughs> come to our, our house every Sunday night. We've had to split the groups into a high school group and a middle school group. And it's the best. It has been that. my favorite. And we just, um, you know, there are little Bible scholars in that group and there are kids who've never set foot in a church and we all just um, come to the table and and I remember telling parents I I don't want to my first year my only goal is I want them to know that Jesus is crazy about them yeah I want them to know he's real and um, that was my goal but we get into we will dig into scripture and really kind of dissect things that we're learning about and hearing about and that's life yeah it's Awesome. And exciting, and yeah, it's my, I I love it. It's my favorite. That is so great. And I because I remember the day that you called me, and I'm so used to these phone calls now. They'll come out of the blue of just. I feel like I'm supposed to start a Bible study, and I need to do it now, or I'll chicken out. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, right. well, right. here we go, next adventure. And you had no idea. I had no idea what that would turn into, but no, but well, you just knew. Oh, this is my next thing that yeah. I'm supposed to do. And now here you are. Yeah. It's been. Is this your going into your second year? Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's the sweet, it's those girls are precious to me and their families. And it's just opened the door for so many conversations and relationships with their moms. And, um, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's and what I love about your stories is it's your, your first answer is yes. And then you go figure out all the details. Right. Rather than trying to figure out all the details, then you might end up talking yourself out of it. I love that you just commit to the yes. Yes, we're going to move. Yes, we're going to adopt. <laughs> yes, I'm going to help this woman. Yes, I'm going to have a Bible study. And then you dive headlong into all the preparation and everything. But I think I could learn a lot from that of just the first response is yes. And then after that, yeah, let God work it out. Um, I think I could talk myself out of the yes right. if I overthought it. Well, and just... I mean, it's a privilege, number one, to be, to enter into the life of a teenager, you know, Um, but then to be able to speak truth into their lives. And it's a very good testimony, as you read in the Bible over and over, how God will just use plain old ordinary people, right? you know. um, Well, that's so good. That leads into our last question um, before we head into just some fun, random life questions. Um, what advice do you have for anybody listening who might feel like they're not able to have a big platform, they're not able to do anything elaborate because of the circumstance they're in, whether they're raising babies or maybe they're single or working full-time and mm-hmm. can feel like, I'm not really doing anything that significant. What advice do you right. have for I mean, you would primarily primarily identify yourself as a wife and a stay-at-home mom, and yet God's mm-hmm. just blown open all these doors of opportunity for you right in the right where He's planted you. Right. Do you have advice right. for anybody listening about that? Well, um, it's a struggle because you know I want to be famous. Oh, right, and I want. I can't band. believe you haven't started singing at some point. I was hoping this could be my big debut. <laughs> so he says I can't sing, but my heart. Is a singer. You are a singer in a band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have a microphone. Uh, this has got to be very tempting I know. to just break into song. Oh, let's <laughs> say 
Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a struggle. It's a struggle because I, and there have been, you know, um, different phases of my life where I, we all want a platform of, of some kind. We want yeah. to share what, what we feel like God is laying on our hearts. And sometimes, you know, you can be preaching to your 18 month old and, and that's the only person who hears you all day long. Yeah. And, um, and that can get mundane and that can get, um, frustrating and boring and, but it's, um, I think there's such good work being done with mommies who are home with their kids and there's amazing work being done with moms who are, um, affecting their communities and their workplace. I mean, I think God, for me, he has shown me every place he puts me, he's got a purpose for that. And so even though doing dishes and laundry and sweeping up crushed Cheerios off my yes. floor mm-hmm. um, does not fill my cup every day mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, in the way that I need. Yeah. Uh, it's important work to God. You know, we're, we're, we're raising kids. We're, we're building relationships with our neighbors. We're all the things that women do wherever they're placed. It's really, um, God's going to use us. He's going to use you wherever you are. Yeah. I know that because he's taken us in a lot of different places and used us in different ways. So, um, well, and I love that if you have that mentality, then you're going to be more aware of those little opportunities like with that woman or like somebody right. in a grocery store, you know, if yeah. you're, cause you said earlier, I love that, that you're trying to find God in all the parts of your day, um, where you might not expect him, whether you would expect to see him there or not, you're trying to hear his voice all throughout. Right. And so then you're available to, to respond. Right the way he wants you to. Right. Mm. And trying is the key word because make no mistake. I, I fail at this daily. Yeah. Daily by the minute. Um, but that's my goal Yeah, to seek contentment, just where I'm at, where, wherever that is, um, to just be okay with that. And, um, what's funny to me is about the time I get too content, God moves us onto something different, yeah, right? Yeah, because he yeah. doesn't want us to get very comfortable. Oh, that's so good. So, I love that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I always close out with just some fun, random questions. And, but this one is still kind of like a, I don't, you are the best person that I know at managing screens in your house. <laughs> this oh, is screens. every mom's challenge in right, this day and age yeah. is screen management, device management, from all the reasons, the the time sucking factor of it, right. the safety factor of it, the are you ever going to know how to talk to a human aspect right. of it? All the things are a mm-hmm. challenge, and yet they are part of our world. How how do you? Yeah. What's your approach to that in your home? Well, um, I am not a good one to ask because we currently just bought a dog, and we told the kids if we get a dog because we don't like social media right. at all for our kids. Um, and they are entering in, you know, Hannah's 15, Maggie's 13. They're entering into that. They wanted to do Instagram. Uh, and so we basically bribed them and <laughs> bought a dog. So if that's, that's what you so consider good, good advice, I there do. you go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, there was amazing. more behind it than that. We wanted to, you know, that keeps them, you know, our generation, it was all about don't, you know, let your kids have free time, yeah. you know, don't over schedule them. It's almost opposite now, I think. We kind of want our kids to be busy doing good yeah. things. And a dog, gracious, 
takes up a lot of time. So yeah. that was kind of our thought behind that. But that's awesome. You Don't could, you have a phone bucket too? We have yeah, we have a phone bucket that um I because I can't I I'm not good at managing it. That's the uh, thing. Okay. I, I I can't and we've done that. We do the internet classes every year and learn about all the apps that kids have that are unsafe and I cannot keep up with it. Mm. it I mean it, it takes a lot of time to right. really figure out. So um I just have kids drop their phones in a bucket when and they, they just in. do that like, so we can actually have a face-to-face conversation oh that's the best so yeah. they walk in your house and if you say all right turn in your phones yeah all the kids just yeah. kind of go with it right and actually the other day someone I think is using the bucket for something else in the in that's I mean somewhere in the house I don't know it's being used for something else and I went out and there was just a pile of phones on my dining room oh, table that's the best. where they the bucket is yeah oh. they just piled it um, it's been a wine bucket for a while because okay. I don't know where the original bucket is, but that's okay. <laughs> There's no judgment there. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the best. And it's just your house, yeah. your rules. You just get to My do My house. That. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's actually very, it's very normal for kids. I don't know. Phones are addicting. I, I get on my phone and yeah. I get sucked in and That's I just awesome. think their little minds are... No, I'm going to have yeah. to get brave. I don't know how that would or a dog. in my house. But, get brave or, or get a dog. Well, we have the dog and I know we I'm did not too. getting another one. We so. had a dog already, so yeah. you just added. Mm. Okay. Well, I think you <laughs> had other things that were more complicated, like horse or something. I don't know. I feel like maybe a dog was the least of the bribing choices. Right. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So... Um, so, you are an awesome menu planner, and it's very common to see one posted somewhere in your house um, for the week. Where do you get your recipe ideas? Oh, um, well, I have tons of cookbooks. I have a whole like bookshelf of. I might have more cookbooks than I have regular books in our house. Actually, oh, that's awesome. um, so I do that, and then um, Pinterest is my favorite. Oh, good. So I'm starting to have, I'm starting to figure this out. I think most people already do this, but I've got like files on my phone. When oh, I, when I, nice. When I Google, yeah. if I'm shopping, I'll just Google, you know, how, a recipe on how to make a yeah. soup that I want or whatever. Um, and then lately, one of my friends just showed me how, have you seen those videos on Facebook where it's yeah, like, the little, dun, 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 yeah, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> Gives you all they steps. make a, t- a whole meal in 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah. Um, she showed me how to save that. So oh, I also have a file on the Facebook page nice. with videos. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. It's just right there. Yeah. I, I love cookbooks. There's something really, I don't know, um, classic about that, but yeah. more and more I'm, I forget to write the recipe town or whatever, and I'll just yeah search it online. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's so fun. That's okay. Convenient. Speaking of, what is something in your life that you absolutely cannot live without? If somebody took it from you, you would just. And I'm gonna say besides like hand lotion and chapstick because oh, I already know that. Okay. But something right. else that you can't live without. Mm, I should probably have something really wholesome, but. Right off the top of my head, I'm going to say my chalkboards. Oh, okay. I'm totally obsessed with chalkboards. You have well, you're the best with them. They're I, so cute. I have a gift that I didn't realize I had, <laughs> and I can make a chalkboard into a piece of art. I actually bought a book online on how to do you chalkboard You did? Yeah. Different lettering. Oh, you're so, they're so it's cute. Really, I wish I could show everybody pictures. They're yeah, so cute. Yeah. But then we would well, just feel bad about ourselves. Because well, but then I'll send you a picture of my pantry. Okay, right. It'll and balance then, out. And you'll feel good about yourself wins. once again. <laughs> um, no, I just like it. It's kind of. I'm not an artist by any means, and I'm joking when I say they look good. But they I think do. And you use the pens, right? We use the chalk pens. Yeah, if you condition your chalkboard. 
Oh, you have to condition it to, for the chocolate. I think that's what it's called, where you prepare it in a certain way. Um, oh, so you're and really then the are serious with this. I'm legit. <laughs> it's legit how much time I put into my chalkboards. But at the same time, like on Monday, I'll get my – it's a routine. I'll have my coffee, and I'll, I'll erase my whole, you know, menu board, yeah. and I'll figure out – and I really enjoy it. It's like – well, you are a musician, artist in that way. That's probably very – therapeutic yes, to you absolutely I, it's yeah. there I love it I'm like girls mm-mm. it's chalkboard time go to your own school mommy's, mommy's <laughs> on working on her chalkboard unless so. you're bleeding I'm go feed yourself yeah, I'm chalking <laughs> so I really like it and it's you know it's a it's a cheap hobby <laughs> yeah exactly right oh so, that's so fun yeah. um and favorite book have you have have you been reading anything fun favorite book I can tell you what I'm reading yeah what are you reading oh, my favorite book is okay so I'm I'm reading the Shauna Quest. Oh, lots of people yeah. are doing that. Yeah, you've read it. The no, bread, I have it. Bread and wine. Oh, bread and wine. Bread and wine. I read. Yes. That one. Yeah, I'm behind. Okay. So I love that. Yeah, I do too. Does it, it's just going to make you want to go write stuff on your menu, right, and cook, mm-hmm. which is yeah. my favorite. Right? That's mm-hmm. how we're you that and I both wired that best. way. We it like made to me feed wanna, people. Mm-hmm. It, yes, it made me want to bring everybody in and around my table. Yeah. So I'm reading that, and then recently, my heart just wanted some magazines. I spent like $60 on fall magazines. (laughs) Well, I'm never going to let my husband hear this podcast. I did. I went to the store, and I bought all the cute magazines with pumpkins and, you know, all the fun seasonal. So, And then if you buy them at Fred Meyer, it looks like groceries, right? So it's... It's, it is. It'll never, it's undetected it except that you just told mm-hmm. everyone online. Right. Yeah. But probably good <laughs> recipes in them, I guess. There so now it, there's so many of them. Now I'm like, well, I got to read them or that's a big fat waste. So I've been reading magazines. That's fun. And um, yeah, I like this bread and wine. I like it a lot. Yeah. Very fun. Okay. So while I want everybody to think about how to live their purpose in their everyday right around them life, I also mm-hmm. want to bring attention to organizations that are out doing amazing work and lending aid to um, people in need and reaching out to people. What's one of your favorite, right. favorite nonprofits or charities? Um, okay. So the Hamptons, we're kind of a rogue <laughs> supporter of ministries because we find rogue ourselves, yeah, we are lone supporters. <laughs> we, we, we go against the grain in a lot of ways. In okay. that we have been a part of what, you know, we've done more vision and we have got our little guy and all that, but we also are like, so filled up in, Things like um, we stumbled across this safe house living overseas. Right. And and so we just kind of do our own thing yeah. with that and right. supporting them in our own way and, and wound up serving in this orphanage in Indonesia. Yeah. Um, and so my heart is there. Yeah. And so right. they don't have an organized charity. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, so that we, we will support that or, you know, yeah. I'm sending things to Mia's orphanage, but for a... a actual nonprofit organization both Andy and I were saved through Young Life oh, which I know your yeah. family is involved in too yeah. Andy serves on committee and um I love everything Young about Life is the best. I love everything about that ministry yeah. and how they just speak truth into um well just last night in home group about t- the most unlikely kids will wind up at Young Life yeah. where they might never even hear about Jesus and um they yeah, changed my life. And so we, over the years, um, in one way or another, have always kept supporting them because yeah. they, I love, I, I love everything about that ministry. So that's local. Well, that's yeah. international as well. Um, and I love um, Vision Trust. They do an amazing job sharing 
um, Jesus with people and um, just great humanitarian work and very practical work, at least on the, the, yeah. with the team I served with. Um, so just meeting basic needs. Basic needs, yeah. and at the same time, face-to-face relationship mm. building. They, it's an ongoing. You know, they, they yeah. have relationships with the people living in these villages, and they, right. it's not just a one-shot deal. Right, they, yeah. they continue to go back. So I love that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. And again, just living out your purpose right where you're at because you got involved in that because you had said yes to being in Singapore and crazy. I know. And you're right in the midst of of those organizations that's so great you're making my life sound very exciting it is very exciting (laughs) and that's the whole point i feel like we can Uh, not think it our lives are exciting when in reality god's at if god's at work he's accomplishing something in us and through us when we say yes so right you live that out so well so thank you for being on my program that was so fun have a great day you have a good day too yay Thank you again so much for joining our conversation. I hope you found Jenny's story as encouraging as I did. I loved hearing about all of the amazing adventures that can happen when we are willing to say yes to the things God asks of us, and then his corresponding faithfulness through all of it, every step of the way. If you have any encouragement for Jenny or want to chat further about any of these topics, please hop on over to my blog at julieturnermusic.com and leave a comment. This will be a fun place for us to carry on the conversation. So again, it's julieturnermusic.com, and under the blog tab, I've summarized the podcast, and there's a place for us to leave comments and chat. I'd love to hear how her journey encouraged you specifically as it relates to your own personal story. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.